Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff, explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy. Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Jose, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Good to be with you. Good to be back with you. Jeff, how are you? Hey, life is good. Good to be here. How are you? I am doing great. And I know that you two um, are busy, busy, busy. Life is crazy busy. Um, and it, it's funny because I think at every stage of our lives, we think, man, my life is so busy. I hope it, you know, there's a point where it kind of slows down and, and it really never does because there's always something going on. And that's kind of the topic that you have for today is young families, they're busy. And you've got a financial checklist for young families we're going to go over, right? Uh, yes, we do. That is fantastic. I, I think this is a very timely topic, especially in this environment. Um, so where are we starting today, Jeff? You know, it's a, it's a good topic because I couldn't tell you how many times I hear, man, I wish I would have started when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, do you have any of these type of things to better prepare our kids or our grandkids for their future? And, you know, when you think about young families, I mean, life is busy. They're just trying to get it started, get it going. And, but there are certain things that, you know, knowing what we all know now that we would have done a little different, you know, whether it's building wealth or improving finances or savings or credits or uh, whatever the case may be that, you know, it's kind of the intent of the checklist is uh, what are the things we should be thinking about? What are the things we should be doing? And what are the things we should be taking in consideration to better prepare ourselves for the future? Yeah, and you, you've got a list here uh, of eight items that we're going to talk about today, or you're going to tell us about today. But also, you're going to be putting this uh, information and some other resources on your website, correct? You bet. I mean, it's. I think it's important. I think a checklist is uh, makes it easier for to increase the awareness of the challenges. Or not the, really the challenges. I, I would say that's the opportunities of accomplishing the goals that you want. Jose, yeah, that's that is fantastic, and I couldn't agree more. Um, Jeff, I know that the list number one, and I think this is probably, I don't know if you put them in order of uh, importance, but this is probably one of the most important things, communication. You know, communication is tough, whether you're communicating with spouses, employers, coworkers. You know, successful couples always find a way to communicate effectively. And, you know, you always try to encourage clients and their spouses to discuss their priorities, discuss their concerns, discuss what's important to each other, and just make sure they're on the same page. Uh, Because, you know, it's a good thing about uh, couples and marriage. I mean, usually opposites attract. Uh, You may have a spender, you have a saver, you've got a risk taker, you've got someone that's conservative. But, you know, having those differences is great as long as you can come together on common goals and objectives and what you're trying to accomplish. If you can talk, you know, within yourselves or with a independent or a financial, some financial advisor, just to make sure you're on the same page, building the type mm-hmm. of future in life that, that you both want together. And, you know, I just want to add on communicating, you know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And I heard an old saying years ago, but love is blind. And I really really didn't hit me until maybe about 10 years ago. But when you're in love, all you do is look at the strengths of people. You never even see the weaknesses. And then over time, you start to focus in on the weaknesses. And I always try to tell everybody, just stay with the strengths. The weaknesses were always there. 
So when Jeff talks about, you know, both sides have different strengths. I'll use another example of a quarter. You know, you say, hey, what do you see? And some, one side will say, I see heads. And the other side says, no, I see tails. And you could argue all day long, but it's still a quarter. And when Jeff is talking about a common goal, you know, what is the quarter that you want? And you've got two different perspectives, how to get there. And I think when you get that aligned, it's amazing what you can accomplish. Yeah, that's a beautiful analogy because, you know, they're looking at it from two different perspectives. They see what they see, but they don't see the whole picture, right? So that I, I love that analogy. Jose, I know that you've spoken on this podcast before about goals, and number two is setting financial goals. Why is that so important for young families? Well, here's the thing. Let's define what a go- how do you define a goal. Well, number one, you have to have the name of the goal. Number two, how much money does it take to achieve that goal? Number three, what's the timeline that you want to accomplish that goal? And then number four, what are you thinking and feeling when you accomplish that goal? Because you have to have an emotional attachment. And uh, when you really think about how you would feel if you accomplishment, then you're going to prioritize that goal. And it's it, things are just going to line up itself. So, And it's not just about what you feel also, what your spouse or your family, uh, they're going to have goals also. But when you actually have it down in writing, it's really amazing what you can accomplish in life. Yeah, and you know, d- you know, different things are important to different people, and I think the and you know whether it's a wish list, whether it's goals, you know, what are the short, uh, medium, long term things that require money and planning to achieve, and it's important to get those on paper. Uh, you know, then together, you know, you can prioritize those in order of importance, so you can, you know, see which one takes precedence over the other, and just really just be on the same page of what those are. Are they obtainable or what steps would we have to take in order to, you know, be on track to accomplish those things? I read uh, something one time, I can't remember who quoted it, but they said uh, something along the lines of, uh, what's that one about any road will get you there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I read uh, a long time ago, I, I don't know who to give credit to, but, you know, the point was, is if you don't know where you're going, then it doesn't matter because any road will get you there. Hmm. You know, but if but if if you're clear on what's important to you and and what you're trying to accomplish, then it's easier to back those things down into baby steps and not what steps do I need to take now to bridge the gap between where I am and ultimately where I want to be based on what's important to you. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you put this at number two, and and number three that's next is something as a father of young adults. This was something that was very foundational. So I love the fact that you're talking about the goals. And then number three is talking about budget, managing your debt, and credit score, which is incredibly important. Yeah, you know, they're, they're all, they all kind of run hand in hand. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, there's the reality check, right? Um, I mean, we want to accomplish all kinds of things in life in this world. But, you know, at some point you've got to check reality. And there's only so much income that comes in. And everything has to, you know, everything has to be set in a certain priority in order to make things work. You know, so you've got to create a budget to know, all right, what are the bills? You know, I I learned a long time ago that we all have good intentions. Somebody told me early on in my career, they said, you know, Jeff, here's the deal. We all have good intentions. We make money, we spend money, and then we try to save what's left. Mm -hmm. The reality is, Jeff, there's no money left. Yeah. You know, is the more money you make, the more money you spend, your lifestyle changes. And even though with the greatest intentions, uh, it's hard to save money because there's never any left. So one of the things that you have to do is treat those goals, treat those things you want to accomplish, treat savings as a bill and adopt that philosophy of, all right, I've got to pay myself first. 
because it's so hard to do, you know, if you do it the opposite way. So creating a budget is important. Figuring out what your needs are, figuring out what your variable expenses and your wishes are, and just make sure that you're aligning uh, those things on paper uh, so you can prioritize and accomplish the things that, that are important to you. And, you know, let's use a couple of examples. I mean, if you want a house by a certain date at age 30, uh, and what kind of house do you want to have and what, how much is it going to cost and what do you need as a down payment? And, you know, when Jeff talks about paying yourself first, then, then out of your paycheck and, uh, you know, when you make the deposit in that bank, uh, maybe they could draft out of that account your checking account into your savings account, and that money is ear, earmarked for a house. Uh, if you want to set time when you've got young kids and you've got a situation where you want to give them the opportunity to go to college that maybe that you grew up and didn't have the opportunity to have any help uh, when you were growing up, so you would want to set aside some money to have it drafted into another account or the same account, but it's earmarked for education, and you can provide those things for your kids. But if you actually prioritize and, like Jeff said, pay yourself first in whatever categories that's important to you and live on what's next, and there is a big difference between wants and needs. You can want a lot of things, and that emotion takes over, but you only need certain things. And if you prioritize, especially being young and, and develop those habits very early, you'll be surprised at well, you'll, you'll meet the goals that you And, you know, the, the problem with society these days is, is debt. I mean, I could, I remember my third year in college, I'm just being a traditional, normal college kid, and I'll never forget spring break rolled around. I had a bunch of friends. Everybody was going to South Padre Island. I was uh, kind of bummed because I was running out of money. I didn't have any money. So I was debating on going home or for the week or uh, what do I do? And then sure enough, guess what pops up in my mailbox in my college dorm? A Discover card Uh-oh. for $500. <laughs> uh-huh. And boy, I tell you, that was a great week that I had in South Padre. You know, but what but the mistakes that I made is, you know, thinking that it's that today mentality. I mean, anything you want today, you can have. I mean, you can go to Best Buy, and if you want that 65 flat-inch TV, you don't have to have the money. You can walk in there and just sign up for a 22% credit card and pay it over time. I mean, everything is that way. Yeah. And they make it so easy to borrow money. And, you know, no wonder the consumer debt has grown to record highs. Uh you know, uh, I think there's household debts in the 13, 14 trillion range. Um, your average uh, under the age of 35 is somewhere around 67,000. 35 to 40, 40-year-olds, 40 they average about 130-something thousand dollars worth of debt. You know, so it's a very slippery slope. It's easy to, you know, get into debt so fast on the things that we feel like we have to have today. And unfortunately, society just makes it too easy. I mean, you know, if you want to watch a movie or any kind of phone or any kind of song, I can have it playing on my iPhone in a matter of, you know, 20 something seconds. And uh, it just creates this now mentality that you got to be very conscious of and just make sure that you're, you know, managing your debt, you're creating a budget, you're prioritizing the things that are important and make sure you don't get yourself in, in the trap. Yeah. Well, this next one's interesting because it's it. I think it helps with obviously managing your debt and budget and credit score. Is you're saying to get organized and consolidate your assets. What do you mean by that? 
um, you know, I, th- I think part of life is, is it's so easy to get busy and, and things just get chaotic, uh, especially when you're young or you have kids or you're trying to build a career and, you know, you think about your 401k and your IRA and your, your checking accounts and, you know, do I, do I buy insurance or not? You know, what does the, the budget look like? And you just have all these things and decisions that you have to make with money. You know, so one of the things that if you can create a habit of, all right, let's just get, let me get myself organized. How do I simplify my uh, finances um, and use some kind of tools, whether it's uh, mint.com or e-money or, you know, there's a whole bunch of good financial tools that, you know, can help you create a budget, that can help you follow a budget. Make sure that when I log in to one spot, I can see my IRAs and 401ks and my wife's investment accounts. And, you know, because at the end of the day, the more organized and consolidated you are, you're able to pinpoint decisions a lot easier, create a theme or a thread of all right, what system works for you and how do I get everything kind of in one spot? How do I get organized? And, you know, some are able to do it on their own. Some it's, you may engage a, a fiduciary or a financial advisor just to kind of help create a platform or something easy for you and your wife to follow. And, you know, we all have a tendency to procrastinate, and sometimes we need a relationship with somebody that validates, are we able to go down this path? And I think having a second opinion, if somebody told me years ago when I was 18, 19, I could just hug him today, he said, a person can learn by their mistakes, but a smart person learns by other people's mistakes. And that just stuck with me, and I've had mentors all my life, and I've always found somebody that I highly respected and asked them how they got to where they were at and, you know, what actions did they take and how did they prioritize, and and you'll find mentors. And then one thing about what Jeff said about getting organized and being and consolidate the assets. For some reason, when you're organized, you just feel like you're in control and you can go to the direction that you want to go. But I think the first step is getting organized for sure. Yeah. Well, number five on the list is owning a house or renting. Well, you know, one thing for sure is that, you know, we, we do have a philosophy that renting is just a waste of money and owning a house is the way to go but when you're younger and if you got young kids or if you're just starting out or even if you're 40 years old sometimes when you have more expenses if if it comes out to be that way uh, then it's less risk that you can take and what i mean by risk is that sometimes there's job opportunities that pop up that we really can take ourselves to another level but we're, we're kind of scared and we, we play defense because the expenses have gotten so overwhelmed. So we, we're kind of on the grind, or you could say, uh, what's that about the hamster in the wheel? Oh, yeah, you know, you, you're just spinning and you're working actually f- for life instead of, I mean, you, you're letting life control you instead of you controlling life. And I remember one time somebody told me that, you know, what is time? And, and time is actually a schedule of events throughout the day and you want to be able to control your time. And uh, I think that the best investment you have, especially in these times with inflation, is to invest in yourself, to take yourself to another level, get more educated, uh, have more specialized knowledge in, in the field that you're in. But sometimes you just run out of that time because you're having to work just to meet, make ends meet. And if you can just cut off those expenses and sometimes renting, we're back to you know owning a house or renting a house, sometimes cutting your overhead down and just renting for the time being gives you that flexibility to, to take advantage of opportunities that lay out. Because every challenge in the, uh, even for, that I've 
seen in the past is always an opportunity of the future. I think keeping your expenses down and owning a house does make sense at times, but then renting a house, don't look at that as a bad route uh, because there's a lot of advantages there too. Yeah, and when you think about, you know, financially, people, uh, it's really a longer decision because if you think about it from a financial standpoint, you know, you do have to come up with a good 20% plus down in order to get the best interest rates. Buy a house, you're going to pay 6% in realtor fees. So right off the bat, you're negative 6%. And then if you want to turn around and sell it and you have to and you get a realtors and, you know, there's six percent to sell the house. So usually, you know, if, if you're going to live somewhere for a while and you've got time on your side, then maybe it makes better sense to go ahead and just and buy a house. But, you know, if you're not sure to Jose's point, uh, because you're still young and trying to get it going, then it's not as It's the time factor is where you build equity and make money. But you've got to overcome your closing and sales cost on the front end and the back end in the short run. Well, that's 12% plus closing cost. And if you have to borrow money to buy that piece of property, then the first so many years, most of what you're paying isn't going towards the equity. It's going towards interest payments. Not to mention you're responsible for your own repairs and upkeep and property taxes and insurance. So I always like to say, hey, let's take our time. Uh, It may feel that way, but let's make sure we get grounded. We're going to be here for a while, uh, but we're making good, sound decisions on what, you know, the future holds and the balance between student loan debts or debts or down payments and just make sure we're thinking it through instead of just jumping into a piece of property. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fantastic advice. And I, I would add one thing to that just because I've recently had some experience with it. My daughter uh, moved into a house that we had as a rental property for a long time. She wanted to buy it. That was her goal. Um, but we said, you know what? Try it out first and, and be in the house for a while and, and see what you think. Um, and gentlemen, it took six months. <laughs> and it was, yeah, I'm not going to buy a house because she didn't enjoy the lawn work, right? She had to do the yard. She had to do the the basic upkeep of the property And then also she would, you know, I told her, write down anything that needs to be fixed or that you think needs to be fixed or when things break so that she could get a view of what she would have to take care of in the future if she bought a house compared to me helping, you know, me doing it because it was, it was our house. But, um, she very quickly realized, you know what, I think I want a condo, you know, you you don't know until you try. So I would encourage people to rent a house. Um, if you've only lived in apartments, there's not a lot of maintenance there. So rent a house for a year, See what you think, and if you're able to keep up with everything and enjoy it, well, there you go. That, that can be part of the decision. Yeah, and the thing I would say in summary is that always remember that when you own a house and you actually live in it, it there's a great book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. But if, if you're actually living in the house, then it is an expense. Now, when you buy a house for rental property, then, then we're talking it's an investment. So there is a difference between the two. And mm-hmm. uh, I'd highly recommend, you know, download, listening to an audio book and, and listen to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that'll kind of get you educated on some areas that, you know, you can improve your lives. But there is a difference between an investment and an expense. And that's kind of what we're referring to. Yep, absolutely. All right, so the sixth thing on your list is take advantage of retirement contributions, pre-tax or after-tax. Yeah, so uh, I see it a lot as young professionals or young adults. We go work somewhere, and you know maybe we don't think it's going to be permanent. Maybe we think we're going to be there for a little while or whatever the 
situation is, but uh, there's a lot of companies that offer retirement plans. They could be simple IRAs, they could be 401ks, but it is very important that uh, you can't ever start uh, saving too young. And I think Thomas Edison said one time, he said, the best, the next best thing to electricity is compound interest. So the more aggressive or the more, the earlier you are, the younger you are when you start saving money, the better off you'll be in the long run. You can ask your parents, you can ask your grandparents. Uh, sometimes it's not how much you save, it's just how much time you have to save that matters the most. So mm -hmm. take advantage of retirement plans through work. Uh, find out what the match is. Most of the time, they'll have some form of a match. Maybe it's 3%, maybe it's 6%, maybe it's, you know, whatever combination. But, you know, if you think about it, that's free money. So as long as you put in 6%, they're going to match you 6%. And I'll tell you, there's not a CD in the country or a mutual fund in the country that guarantees a 100% return like that match is. So you've got to make sure you take advantage of it. The second part of that is... You know, if you think that we're going to earn more money the older we get and the more skill sets we have, uh, which is for most people, then a lot of those 401ks, they'll have a Roth feature. So you're able to contribute your part of the money. And instead of being able to deduct it on your taxes, uh, I encourage you to take advantage of the Roth feature inside that 401k because it'll grow tax deferred. But later on in life, regardless of how much money you make, you'll be able to pull that money out tax free. Uh, so there's some good calculators that are online that, that can show you the math, but, uh, you know, there's nothing better than not having to pay taxes on money down the road based on your tax bracket. So that's the second part of that. And I think third, it goes back to me mentioning earlier about getting organized and consolidating assets. I think the average person may change jobs somewhere between five and seven times in their career. So uh, I see a lot of people have 401ks and then they change jobs and then they get that 401k, then they change jobs. And next thing you know it, they have two, three old 401ks just laying out there. They couldn't tell you what they're invested in or they hadn't looked at it in so long. And, but if you can keep all those consolidated, the laws let you roll those out either to your own personal IRAs or you can roll them to the new company 401ks, but part of getting organized and simplified and keeping everything together, uh, take all those old 401ks, roll them into an IRA or roll them into your current 401k, and I think you'll make better decisions with your money. And just to add to that, we're often asked, you know, is it a good time to invest? Is it not a good time to invest? And of course, you got time on your side. But as your company is matching uh, what you're putting in, and if you can, if I could encourage everybody, to just save 10%. Most people never miss it out of their paychecks, and if your employer's also adding money to it, and whether it's good times or bad times, things are going to go up and it's going to go down. But your dollar cost averaging every month. So when times are not good, you're getting things on sale. When times are good, then you're making money. So if you just do it on a consistent basis, on a month by month, that that nest egg is going to grow and grow like you wouldn't believe. So uh, I think that, you know, when we're talking about paying yourself first, this 401k or, or the retirement plans that your company does offer, that's a great way to start to go ahead and build uh, a nest egg and just, and just start that habit and you will not miss the money. The second thing, uh, I've just mentioned a Foley's Red Apple sale. It is pretty amazing when Foley's was around. Uh, you know, when they did that Foley's Red Apple sale, you'd see the whole parking lot 
full as he could be. But when it comes down to the market, we have a tendency to be scared when times are not going good, when we really need to be investing in the market at the time. So I just, I guess the purpose of all this is just to encourage that there's never a right time to invest uh, because when you got time on your side, the consistency and the time horizon um, is what is going to accumulate wealth, just like Jeff had said. All right. Well, that leaves us number seven on the list, and that is that is planning for children's expenses. You know, I'll tell you what. I've got uh, I've had four kids, and they are terribly expensive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. But um, you know, it's it's part of life, and uh, you know if. if you know, if you do decide to have kids, they're definitely a blessing, but you just have to make sure that you're just factoring those in. You've got expenses now for that, that and their activities and things like that. Those are, you know, budget items that you're factoring in. But you also have expenses when they get, you know, when they start turning 16 and uh, they're starting to drive and, and insurance and maybe a car payment or if you plan on taking care of some college expenses, you know, but it's almost one of those things, too, that... Um, it's never too early to start saving for our kids' futures and those things. So the earlier you can start, the better, especially for things like college or cars at 16 and, and those type of things. They make all kinds of different accounts that you can use, whether it's 529 plans for the kids, uh, UTMA accounts, if we want to keep things a little bit more flexible that we can use for college or um, cars and, and other miscellaneous things. But uh, you know, we've covered those in prior shows, but I, I think the intent is all of these things requires some level of consistency. And success isn't, you know, really a place. It's really more about consistency. The, the more consistent you are at saving, or the, really the more consistent you are at anything, the more successful you'll become. So if we can just encourage people to think some of these things through, create a good budget, a good savings plan, and just try to be just a little more consistent tomorrow than you were yesterday. And one thing Jeff will tell you right now, don't get a dog for each child. He's uh, <laughs> A dog is a very expensive thing, and sometimes uh, I, I watch him go home and, oh, my God, I got three dogs, and it's a tough deal. So anyway, he can share that experience with you. Also, you know, one thing for sure, when the kids are young, you want to teach them about money and, and opening up and, and having discussions about how money works and the things that you have and what you think about and the challenges that you have. I think kids are sometimes not aware, but when they understand those challenges, then they they uh, they actually participate. Now, just quick story: I went to Disney World years ago with my daughter, and I said, "You got fifty dollars to spend this whole week on anything you want." And she would go in these stores and start looking at prices and prioritizing which one, did, you know, how she could stretch those dollars. But I think it was just a good lesson to understand how money works and and how you value different things. Uh, I'm not saying that's the only answer, but but um, but along that line, there's always life lessons there. All right, and the last thing we've got on the list is getting life insurance, and and also you, you talk about simple wills and trusts too, right, Jose? Yeah, this you know one thing about life insurance to me, I was a, a guardian of both my brother and sister when I was 18, and and I have a, we have parents that are deaf mutes, and I knew what my felt like my potential was in the future to help the family in some way. But I knew that every time I got on a plane or I flew somewhere, I kind of tear up and start crying because I wanted to see them grow up. But I knew that if something happened to me, I wanted to make sure the family was taken care of no matter what. 
And so, you know, what does taking care of mean? That means different things to different people. And, and I wanted to make sure my mother was taken care of as far as having the income that we were providing. Uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, we had college funding for the kids, to, even though they were brothers and sisters of mine. And uh, so that was important to me. So I, I ended up getting a million-dollar term policy at, at age 19. It was only, tw- you know, $20, $30 a month. But I'd give anybody $20, $30 a month for me to make sure I don't have to use it. Mm-hmm. So I always... I was a big uh, believer in life insurance and just making sure that because of my potential earnings of the next 20, 30, 40 years, and whether I was here or not, I still wanted to have that injection into the family, and that was important to me. And, uh, you know, one thing about families, when you're young and you've got two kids or three kids or four kids, you know, you are the breadwinner uh, a lot of times, or the spouse can be the breadwinner. Uh, but you do lose the income to the family, and I think that uh, a lot of people don't calculate uh, what that income value is over the next 10, 20, 30 years. But then you also lose one parent. So that means the other parent is raising two or three or four kids. And and you want them to spend that quality of time with their family and, and raise their kids and not have to outsource those kids. Uh, so you really need to think through about, you know, what your value is to the family. And, and if you're not here, how much money do you have to have? You know, what? how much, how big the golden goose needs to be to produce the golden eggs that takes care of your family for 10, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, life insurance was always uh, important to me. And of course, simple wills and trust. I mean, you know, there's a lot of friends I've lost through the years, uh, had car accidents and sudden illnesses and, and things that, that I, every time I hear about somebody that passes away and I know that they didn't do business with us or, or you know, we didn't get a chance to visit, I always ask myself, well, you know, did they have their house in order? And, um, you know, and then not only that, you don't want to give a big chunk of money to your kids at 18 and 21 and and, uh, and they don't have the incentives to work. And you just don't. So you have to provide structure for that and have your will done and, and uh, get some trust work done for your kids that if they do inherit a lot of money, you can spread it out uh, over the years to where they don't just become a trust fund baby, meaning, and not have purpose in life. So anyway, I know it kind of got a little long-winded there, but it's important to me. No, I I think you're absolutely right. Protection on the front end and on the back end. So, I mean, that's great. Um, Gentlemen, this has been a fantastic podcast. I know that you're supplying these resources on your website. Can you give the website out again? Yeah, it's uh, www.felicianofinancial.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for your time today. You bet. Always enjoy it. All right. And the last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you for listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And this is a great one to share when you have younger folks that need to hear this kind of stuff. This is a great foundational uh, financial podcast for them. Please share it with them and, and they'll thank you. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Feliciano Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 
Securities offered through Lion Street Financial, LLC, LSF, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Lion Street Advisors, LLC.